is the Get Fit Babe podcast, a space for women to come connect, get inspired, and find guidance to get fit in all facets of life, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. I just want to help you guys start living the Get Fit Babe lifestyle with a fire in your soul. I'm Cody Talley, founder of Get Fit Babe. I'm a fitness coach, holistic health freak, real estate professional, and social media marketer who is right there with you trying to figure out how to live the most abundant, free-spirited lifestyle possible. And I've met some pretty cool people along the way that I cannot wait to introduce you to. From life coaches, fitness competitors, acupuncturists, chiropractors, the list goes on. I have the most inspiring minds lined up to speak their truth. Let's do this. I just want to preface this podcast by saying we ended the record button both teary-eyed and just in awe over what we spoke about because it was so in-depth and so truthful. I am so excited to introduce to you guys Jovan Glasgow, who absolutely speaks truth. I have never met somebody who articulates so much value in such a way. He is a speaker and author and CEO of Teos. He is an ambassador for Christ and he is on the mission to end internal suicide. He is a businessman that works with thriving medium-sized companies and organizations to empower them with modern-day insights for creative, thriving team environments. We talk about everything from how to find your purpose, confidence, insecurities, how to overcome insecurities, how to find your life's purpose, heartbreak, and the male's perspective of heartbreak, and so much more. I gotta warm up my voice. Yes, I am ready, excited. First, let me start by saying thank you. Thank you for obviously giving me the opportunity to just chill with you and have a conversation. Um, we probably had what two conversations before this? Yeah. So yeah. it's crazy how we met. Actually, right. I randomly moved into this building, and then randomly met. Taylor, who's right. now my neighbor, and she came over one night. And she's like, "You have to check out this guy's Instagram. Wow. He lives in our building." And so I reached out to you, and then our very first conversation, I had wished that we'd recorded a podcast at that moment because it just flowed, and yeah. it was like we knew each other yeah. forever. And awesome. we skipped the surface level conversation, and we just sort of talked about our mission and our gifts. And I was like, "Wow, this man yeah. is powerful!" Wow, and thank I you. I knew at that moment I needed to have you on recording. Thank you. So I'm humbled by that. Let me start with my story, though. Um, originally, I'm from the Caribbean islands. So the more I talk, you'll hear my accent kind of jump out. Um, grew up in the islands. Two beautiful parents kind of grew me on a strong foundation of faith, family, and love for all mankind. That was the biggest thing. That, that's what drove us as not only just a family, but a community. And my parents were all about being able to give me an opportunity that they never had. And so at the age of 18, I had a passion for aviation because my mom was in the airline industry. And so I wanted to be an engineer. Well, I actually wanted to be a pilot, but my dad thought it'd be a great idea to be an engineer as well in case pilot didn't work out, I could fall back on something. So they sent me off to Miami. Now just think about this small island boy from a little country being dropped in Miami at the age of 18. So great start, obviously. Um, Started to do a lot of things in college, kind of make an impact there. And I think my life started turning in about my junior year. 
I went home for summer and I remember my dad came into the bank where I worked for a summer job and he said, hey, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, no problem. But he had this look, Cody, that I've never seen in my dad's eyes. He took me outside and he said, son, I want to let you know that I love you. And any conversation that starts like that usually doesn't go the right way. And he said that, um, you know, I just went to the doctor because I've been having some issues and they told me they may have found something that looks like cancer. Um, dad was always super positive, though. But he said, you know what, at the end of the day, son, I want to let you know that we're going to beat this thing and we're going to be okay. Um, six months after that, my dad dropped from 270 pounds, 6'5", to about 120 pounds. And three months after that, the good Lord decided that that was the end of his story. Um, I can't ever express to you how challenging it is for a young man who grew up with a father figure in his life and always having that hope that I would have my dad and I would be able to lean on him for advice and different things. And then just abruptly, he gets taken out of the equation. So now that puts me on this journey to kind of find the men that I've never necessarily seen. Like I've seen what his life looked like at the age of 50 and being the dad that I was proud of, but I never saw that journey. Mm -hmm. And so in trying to find myself, and I think this is what a lot of people do when they lose something or something drastically happens, we tend to fill those voids with things that are not necessarily the best for us. So I started to... DJ and it was a way to just make money in the US. I, I just tried to do whatever I can to just kind of catch myself and that led me in a lifestyle where I was around alcohol all the time and I made some poor decisions and that just kind of trickled down from there. But I would say probably about a year ago, two years ago, something happened to me. I had an, uh, a run-in with a guy who really said something to me that changed my whole life. He really solidified my mentality as in the power of a choice. When life happens to us and things happen to us like this, making a, a, a decision and being intentional about using the pain that you've been through to truly be able to create this life that can inspire so many of the people, mm -hmm. I think is what started my turnaround. And, you know, from there, I started making videos online, sharing my story, sharing my experiences and being able to really impact lives. And, you know, that kind of took off from there. So I guess that's like a 50,000 foot view to my story, but it gets, it gets deeper, but that's amazing. Yeah. So you lost your dad at 19 yeah. and then through your twenties, you were going through the mission of trying to find your purpose, finding yourself. Right. And then you're how old now? I am 31 you now. Don't mind you're not. <laughs> so 31, 31. now. Yeah. So it took, about 10 years? It took a while. And so one thing I realized that whenever you have, it's like, it's like wine or it's like a diamond. Anything that's going to be worth something takes time. Right. And a lot of us in life, we, we try to rush that process because we hate pain, right? But I, I really realized now that the more you go through in life, the more challenges you face. It's really you know, God in life trying to refine the person that you need to be for the magnitude of the calling that you're going to have on your oh, life. Oh, yeah, you that's know? powerful, so, for yeah. sure. So we try and rush things, too, whether or not you're in pain now. As a 25-year-old yeah. girl right now, I see all of my friends and the success and yeah. the babies and the wedding rings, yeah. and I can't help but rush that. Mm -hmm. But I do take the time to say this is this is my life, my not my timeline. It's mm -hmm. God's timeline, and mm -hmm. I have to go through the lessons and the experiences that I personally need. Mm -hmm. But I always think about 
I know when I'm 30, 35, I'm going to look back at 25 and give myself different advice. Right. So if you could look back at yourself at 25 or even <laughs> 19 good. and give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? Um, the number one thing I would tell myself is, Javon, stay true to who you are. Um, whenever you go through a major issue or you go through things in life and you start formulating fears and doubts and insecurities, you start to try to fit into a model or mold of who you think you should be. And we live in a time and a world and society that we're so programmed by influences. And we don't ever take time to quiet the noise of the world, the social media, the Instagrams, the likes, and all these other things that are just this false pretense of success and happiness and really listen to that inner voice that was planted in us before we were even born to say, that's not your journey, that's not your route. Stay true to your path. So the number one thing I would tell myself is to stay true to you. Um, I would then tell myself that your relationships mean everything. The people that are associated with you and are connected to you will truly impact the traje trajectory of your life. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that the hard way. Because my greatest gift is also my greatest challenge, and that's my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm somebody that loves unconditionally. Yep. I give and give and give until I can't give anymore. Yep. And if that's not controlled, it can also be the avenue that people use to hurt me. But then I used to always ask myself, why am I like that? Why do I always feel the need to give mm -hmm. past what I can actually give? And I realized it was actually me overcompensating for something I was being afraid to address in my own life. And me trying to give to others was actually me trying to fix things in other people that I refused to fix in myself. It's the mirroring effect. So good, Yeah. right? I, that's what I practiced this morning in my journaling. Wow. Like what a coincidence, wow. not even a coincidence, because I don't believe in that, but like, wow. Wow, yeah. Literally what I journaled through. Yeah, yeah. That's and um, you know, the, the last thing I would say is we, sometimes get into this cycle where we make mistakes and we find it so hard to do one of the, I think it's one of the most challenging things to do and just forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how much time I've wasted in my life and how much I've even hurt myself more mm -hmm. by forgiving everybody else around me, but not forgiving myself mm -hmm. because I have these high expectations and Javon, you should know better. You should be this and you should be that. Yeah. And when you don't get to the point that you are willing to really forgive yourself and to understand that life is a process. You will make mistakes, mm -hmm. but I will never be defined by what has happened to me. I'll be defined by my identity and who I know I can be. Mm -hmm. So I, you can't move towards your destiny holding on to your history. Right. That's kind of the deal. Right. You got to choose one way or the other. And so I stopped living this rear view lifestyle where if you're driving, looking in the rear view mirror all the time, right. eventually you're going to hit something. So what would you say were the things that you did daily that attributed to that? Because That's it's easier question. said than done. Yeah. And that can be the most frustrating thing when someone you're telling someone, forgive yourself, love yourself, self-love, so like, adore yourself. But it's like there are action steps that you take each day to reach that. So good. The first thing I did before I even plugged into a routine is that I created a vision for my life. I said that I'm not going to fall into this trap that I need to find success and find my purpose, but I was about to create it. And how I was going to do that, number one, I need to be aiming for something. Too many people in life are just meandering through, going through cycles, not actually living for something. Mm -hmm. And so I created my vision that says my life, my vision is to challenge, inspire, and empower every single person that I come into contact with while building generational wealth for my family and God's kingdom for further impact. And I wrote that down. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, okay, now that I have my vision, now that I have this thing that at my funeral one day, somebody read my eulogy and it will align perfectly with that. Right. Every single thing that I did from that point had to lead to that vision. That vision, but it's almost like a mission statement for so your good. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so after I had that vision, I sat back and I said, okay, let's talk about what I have to do every single day to achieve that. Um, we sometimes get so caught up into the results of a thing, we realize that the result or the goal, in a sense, is really just an object. And it's, it's really just something that you put as a, if I can hit this, this would be great. But I started to tell myself, a lot of people have goals, but they don't necessarily reach anywhere because nobody is fixated on the process. So the process became my routine. So the first thing I did, I had to watch the time I woke up every day. So I made it a commitment of mine to say by 4.30, the alarm goes off. Mm -hmm. I have to get up. And is it easy? Absolutely not. Do I want to always hit the snooze button? Yeah. But I realized that a lot of my lack of success has been a result of me hitting the snooze button. Mm -hmm. Not just on my alarm clock, but on my life. Okay. And so I had to, 4.30, I'm rolling out the bed. First thing I do, I give the beginning of my day to my devotion, right? Um, so I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible, I'm trying to find things in that word that I can apply to my situation today. Um, after that, it's kind of working out. And in my devotion, I have my affirmations. That's huge. Every single day, I'm reminding myself of my seven affirmations. Um, because I want to set a definition over my life before I go out into the world and allow somebody else to do it first. Yes. Right? And within the first hour of my day, it's so pivotal to me. Because that determines and kind of sets the tone to what the rest of my day is going to look like. Mm -hmm. So if I wake up and the first thing that pops off is my Instagram notification and I jump to my phone, mm -hmm. I may see something that is detrimental to my mindset. Right. So I try not to even look at the phone for the first hour, things like that. But very simple, focus on your first hour, I would say. From the time you wake up, what does that look like? My number one thing is my faith. Number two is my affirmations. Mm -hmm. And then after that, kind of getting in the routine of the day, working on whatever needs to be done. So that's kind of my morning piece. I can go through my whole day with you, but that I think sets the tone to how the entire day is going to go. Okay. Yeah. So backtracking a little bit, when you talk about setting up your, your vision and your mission statement for life, and then you talk about your action steps as to how you live in your purpose right. every day to reach that mission statement, or that vision. But Speaking to somebody who doesn't exactly know their purpose, right. someone who doesn't know what gifts they have, how would you tell, what would you tell them in terms of finding that gift? Great. So as far as the focus on finding your gift, um, everybody has something that they can not, they're naturally good at. We diminish it when we try to put a monetary value to it. Meaning, if I say, you know what, I am good at listening to people, but I'm not going to get paid well for that. So let me just try to find something else that I may be good at. Don't worry about putting this financial strain on that thing you're good at. Mm -hmm. Really ask yourself, if money wasn't an option and I could be doing this specific thing right. every day, what would that thing be? And everybody has a gift. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing about a gift, it can be developed you may not have specifically the ability to sell or to have great conversations, but you can develop those gifts. So ask yourself, hey, what are some areas in my life that if I was doing this thing, right? Because you can answer that question. If you take some time to really sit down, I would find some form of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And once you have that established, ask yourself, okay, where am I at right now? And where do I need to be with this gift and ability to be able to truly walk in this purpose and not get caught up in perfection, 
because the pursuit of perfection really only produces procrastination. It's not about perfection, but it's about starting somewhere. So I have these gifts and abilities. That's the first step. And then I need to identify my values. What's really important to me in life? For me, it's ending suicide. For me, it's being able to speak to men about the power of integrity and character and being the man behind the doors that you are outside in the open, right? And also to being an example before women of what a man should be like. So having respectable conversations with women, women and being able to empower and to strengthen the idea of who they are. That's like my values. That's what's important to me. So once I have my values, I know my gifts and abilities, it's speaking, it's listening, it's, 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 it's being able to lead, it's visionary. I then plug those gifts and abilities into an opportunity that mirrors my values, mm -hmm. right? And that's truly the beginning of kind of creating purpose. And I know it would be so much easier to illustrate this right. for people. So, And you did illustrate it for me the first time we yes. met in an equation. So yes. can you describe what that equation was? Perfect. So the equation is simply this. It's your gifts and abilities plus opportunity in a space of values divided by your life experiences is how you create purpose. So let me just elaborate quickly on what that means. So your gifts and abilities, the things that you're good at, plugged into opportunities, but not just any opportunities, opportunities that align with your values. And then being able to really use your experiences to create that purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the simple equation to creating purpose, not finding purpose. Stop mm -hmm. trying to find your purpose and create it is, is, is my mantra. Right. Yeah. So would you say throughout your journey to finding your purpose, to figuring out your gifts? Because, I mean, in your, when you were 19, in your 20s, you didn't necessarily have this clarity on who Javon was. Right. So... For me, when I tell women, when they're like, I don't know what my purpose is, I don't know what my gifts are, and I ask them, like, do you know you? Right. Do you feel like you did a lot of deep internal work to figure that out? Um, yes. And when I realized, or when I had a better understanding, because I think it's constantly evolving as life moves, as to answering that question, that identity question, who am I? Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I had to realize is that I couldn't define that. Mm. That that definition had to come from something that was greater than me, something okay. that was bigger, something that was never changing, omniscient, omnipresent. Mm. And so I know in a world where we have a lot of different religious beliefs, which I'm, I will never be into offending the way somebody thinks about religion, my answer came from my relationship with Christ mm -hmm. and me understanding that who I am is a result of who he said I am mm -hmm. and kind of starting from there. Mm -hmm. And once I established that identity for myself, I then realized that because I put a value on my life, it became the standard that everybody else around me and everything around me had to live up to. That's the biggest thing that I would say is that when you have the answer to that question, and it can't be something you define because we're flawed as humans. Right. And usually if, we, if you ask me without having a relationship with Christ, without having a strong foundation, Javon, who are you? I'll tell you, I'm flawed. I have challenges. Mm -hmm. I am passionate. But at the same time, if that passion is not controlled, it could be anger. Like mm -hmm. I, I, that's who I am. But when I rooted my life in that foundation of who God said I was, that's where it kind of started for me. Mm. And that became my foundation. Yeah. So if anything in my life wasn't at that level, it had to, it had to, it had to go. Right. And so, yeah. So good. Yeah. So if you were speaking to just briefly, cause I know this could be a very 
long-winded. We could talk about this for hours. But if you were speaking to a man or a woman that had no spiritual foundation, had no idea what their purpose was, they're essentially starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. What would be the first tactical step you would tell them? So the first thing I would say for any person in that position is to ask why. And it may sound weird, but we live in a society and time that we go along with things. Somebody says, hey, try this formula for success or try this meditation or try this thing. We just jump into it because we hope to achieve the result that they say we could get. Mm -hmm. But we don't stop a lot to ask ourselves why. And ask yourself why five times. Why? Okay, because of this. Then why? But after you ask yourself why, you have to be open-minded to the fact that, because I don't agree when people say they don't believe in the existence of a God. I think that they believe that something does exist but they don't want to put their hand on it. Well, that's the answer that I always get when I'm talking to anybody. They say, well, I believe in a higher power. Mm -hmm. I believe that there's something out there. Mm -hmm. And so I think everybody has that Mm -hmm. sort of foundation. They just haven't necessarily explored it or practiced it. And it's really about being able to test the truth, being able to really dive into what's necessary to learn more about this thing that you may believe believe in. And for me, it was reading the Bible and reading all these other books and realizing that the Bible really aligned a lot with where, what I saw and asking myself those whys. But to take it even a step further as I started to try to uncover because I wasn't always this person that believed, like I had a relationship where I believed that a God existed. But until you get really specific Mm -hmm. to who that person is, because when you, you know, when you say, well, a higher power, what what does that actually mean? And if you don't, if you don't have some form of clarity and some concise perspective on that, then I guarantee your whole life kind of feels like, a general thing you're not actually yeah. aiming towards anything right so i grew up in the church but for a while during my uh teens college years i kind of put it to the side and saw it as oh i believe that there's like a higher power but mm-hmm. i never practiced it or had a relationship with god and i felt so much confliction mm-hmm. in who i was mm-hmm. and resistance towards exploring my faith because i was scared mm-hmm. to look internally at me i was mm-hmm. scared to know who i was mm-hmm. and it was almost like a mind thing where so i knew that i would f- figure out who i was internally and really come to terms with my flaws my imperfections mm-hmm. um just internal garbage that I had, mm-hmm. I knew that by having a relationship with God, I would have to face those oh, things. So good. And so for a while, so like I got this faith tattoo on my wrist and then for two or three years, I covered it up with a watch wow. and I regretted it. Wow. And now I've become the essentially Bible thumper that I was afraid to be. Wow. And it's like, I show this thing off like it's wow. gold. And so, but that's because I've done so much internal work and I faced all of those fears and internal things oh, that good. I was afraid to face. And that's because, like, now the spirit is present in me. Right. And so I think that's where a lot of people put it to the side and think, oh, yeah, there's a higher power, but I'm just going to go and live my life. Because right. really they're afraid right. to get to know them internally. And you are spot on because that's where I was, um, I say, a couple of years ago. I did not want to address the things that I know were going to be uncomfortable. I wanted to still live a life of being able to make my own choices and to be able to do what I want when I wanted to. But when I, in hindsight, I see the destruction that I've caused in that the hurricane Mm -hmm. Javon, 
that wasn't controlled, right? right? And so that was a huge component as to me running away from the idea of God. But if you want to get deep really quick, at the end of the day, we know to some extent that there is a possibility that God does exist and he is who we think he is. Mm -hmm. I would rather at the end of my life to have done what I needed to do to be in alignment with him mm -hmm. and be right than to say, ah, well, I don't think there is and be wrong. Right. I'm not a gambler, but if I was, I don't think I would still gamble with my life. Right. And I think when you start thinking about it in that perspective of what if I'm wrong? Am I really, really willing to take that gamble? It'll, it'll, put, it'll put you in a different position and perspective. Right. Yeah. For sure. So trying to get too, too, too strong, too deep a while ago. But. So you talk a lot about insecurities. A bunch of us went to your speech at the university last week. And the insecurities, the quotes that you were saying, the, the foundation of insecurities that you have and like how to overcome it and mm -hmm. Really, the definition that you have and where it's rooted from really, really inspired me. Wow. And I know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast struggle with insecurities um, in their relationships, just in becoming, I mean, a lot of my following are women. So in becoming the woman that they want to be, um, I know I've struggled with insecurities and I'm, yeah. everybody does. Yeah. So how would you speak to that? Um, the first thing I would really do or really help people to do is ask yourself this question. Where did it come from? That thing that I keep um, kind of announcing over my life, that, came, that thing I keep telling myself, where did I come from? And it actually comes from two things, either somebody else or you told yourself this story. And the definition, my definition for insecurities are that insecurities are just repetitions of somebody's broken perspective that you've allowed to become your reality, right? And so when you think back through that question, where did this come from? It may have been a person in your past, an experience you had in growing up in school or, or relationship, and this person spoke this thing over your life that you started to repeat over and over again. And sometimes it's us. We speak of own securities. We look in the mirror and we compare ourselves mm -hmm. to something else. Mm -hmm. And then we start saying, because I don't look like that thing or that person that everybody finds attractive or everybody likes their nose or whatever it is, we start to repeat these things over and over again. Well, if I don't have that thing, then that means that I'm not as valuable. Mm -hmm. And we know comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And so over and over again, we keep repeating these things. And we walk through our life not realizing that we become a result of what we sell of ourselves, not just what we do, right? Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And every time you say something negative, the first thing that happens is that your ears pick it up, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you keep repeating this cycle, it then magnifies itself in your life that your insecurities are actually create this... Um, reality for you. And so my biggest thing is to truly be able to help people to understand that if you want to really get a hold on your insecurities, you have to establish some worth mm. and you can't allow people to do that for you. And you establish worth with three things, your affirmations, your influences, and your rewards. Mm. So if something you struggle with is your weight, Maybe I'm not where I want to be with my weight, but every single day I'm telling myself I'm in process to having the best body of my life. Mm 
because I want to feel confident, not because of the way it's going to make me look to somebody else, but because it's important to me. And then the I is your influences. Are you surrounded with people that are constantly telling you you're not good enough? Are you following people? Are you in groups with people that you're scrolling and they're reminding you that, hey, if you don't have this body or if you don't look that way, then right. you won't be accepted that way. Because my definition, any real man, and this is for women specifically, and I have conversations with men, and I know what it is to be around a man that's not good for a woman, but women think they're good, mm -hmm. and a real man, a husband-type dude, a dude that's going to run through walls for you. Wow. Any real man understands that true beauty is not about just looks. It's not about how, you, how somebody looks, right? But it's, it's how confident they are with what they have. So that's, that's what a real man is going to be attracted to. The other men that are more into... Uh, what you can do for them and, and, and more of a flesh thing instead mm -hmm. of this is somebody I want to be connected to in spirit They're going to be worried right. about what society deems as beautiful But right. for me my wife one day somebody that rocks that confidence like babe I don't care what you got you got it and yeah. my job as your man is to uplift that in every single aspect yeah. that I can And I want to let you know that you're beautiful to me. That, yeah. that, that's really what it is I think and, that's yeah where a lot of women struggle in relationships like I get message after message of how do you overcome heartbreak my boyfriend broke up with me my boyfriend cheated on me and all of them are living in the flesh and yeah. they're not doing that deep internal work yeah. to be confident in who they are yeah. and love them so, like if you don't love yourself first yeah. you can't expect somebody else to love you to the extent that you want them to yeah and you have to show that person in your life how to love you Right. And by, by loving yourself. 100%. And if you don't address that, if you really don't attack that, what we do is when we have these insecurities, and we have these things in our life, we find relationships with people that can help us to address that. Like we try to find our love through the love for ourselves through somebody else. For sure. And um, when somebody, you know, cheats or breaks, um, you know, breaks somebody's heart, you have to understand that everything that happens in your life truly is positioning you into a place of who you need to truly be. Mm. And it's, it's, it's always rough because I have had conversations with women that have been heartbroken and have been cheated on and all these different things. And that, for any human, should be like, well, what was it about me right. that that person wanted to find something in someone else? But from a guy's perspective, I'll tell you, if, if that happens where a man steps out from you and looks for something else, I guarantee you 100% it was never your loss. And right. don't, don't own that at all. Right. Um, but, you know, as humans. So I, get, I could get really, yeah, really wrapped up into this because I have a daughter too. So mm -hmm. I get really passionate about that mentality and, and women getting their heart broken, et cetera. Right. And then the, the R, the last piece is just rewarding yourself, is being able to say, you know, I was able to do this thing that I've never done before. I was able to feel this way. And so enjoy that. Enjoy right. the process. Yeah. I look at it as like if it's heartbreak, if it's loss, if it's abandonment, um, losing your father, I always think about although those experiences are awful and I would never wish those upon anyone, it's like if I didn't have those things in my life, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be where I'm at. Mm -hmm. If you hadn't lost your dad, maybe you wouldn't so have good. explored the things that you have explored and become the man that you are. And just as like my past relationships and heartbreaks, it's like, well, that person served me in a certain way. This right. is what I learned from that. And right. this is how I've grown from it. Like right. I look back and I'm like, imagine if my ex in Texas hadn't done what he had done. Like right. I wouldn't be in St. Petersburg, Florida. I wouldn't have a podcast. Right. I wouldn't have my platform. I wouldn't have all of these things. Right. And so when you are going through a heartbreak or exploring your insecurities, you have to think about how those situations 
are not only hurting you, but how they're healing you right. and up-leveling you right. to your life. And you know, this might be even a little bit off topic, but I feel led to say this. I've realized that with men and women specifically, a man is going to do what a woman allows him to do. For sure. And if you truly want to be treated with love and respect, it's not about making it difficult for somebody, but you have to set the standard of what you're willing to accept in your life. Because the man that loves you, he'll rise to that. The man that's not for you, he'll keep it moving. But what happens is that women have this standard and they're like, nope, this is who I am. Whether that's, hey, I'm saving myself to marriage or whatever the conversation is. And when they start getting around a guy that, you know, I like this guy and I kind of could see it happening, then they start lowering this standard to meet him where he's at. But a real man is going to say, this is her. And if I want her, I'm going to have to make some things happen. I'm going to make some changes. And that goes back to insecurities mm-hmm. because I look back at the relationships that I had in college and, you know, men not being faithful mm-hmm. and like, but that was because I allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. I was so insecure mm-hmm. and allowed those men to treat me. It was nothing about, they probably have their own baggage and their own flaws. hundred percent. All of that. But I looked at it as, and I've spoken about this on another podcast is what were the insecurities I had that allowed that man to treat me the way that he treated me? Because at the end of the day, it was about me and my insecurities. Right. And that's one way to look at it, too. But the second way, as well as that, we, we can't mistake the conversation of men versus boys. Because it's not because you may be a certain age or a certain demeanor or a certain built. That, that means you're actually a man. Right. A man is somebody that understands you have a certain responsibility to the people around you to protect them at mm-hmm. all costs. And it's not about my feelings. Men are not about feelings. They're about commitment. And there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Feelings is your brain and your body telling you what it wants to do. But commitment is you telling your brain and your body what it has to do. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you are in a relationship with a man, because there's warning signs. And most times we ignore them. We see certain things and we're like, oh, I didn't like that, but... It's okay. Yeah. Address those warning signs. Sometimes it's okay to be confrontational. And that doesn't mean argumentative. We mistake the two. Argumentative means I'm finding a reason to have an issue. Mm -hmm. Confrontational means I'm going to address something before it becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. So it's it's really about setting that bar, setting that expectation, being being in love with you. You know, being Mm -hmm. the example of who you want. They want somebody to love you. But at the same time, too, confronting things that are not necessarily... You know, that are detrimental to what you need as a woman. Because, right. yeah. I think that I finally, well, I'm still in that, that journey and that process, but I finally reached a point where I feel like I'm confident mm-hmm. and secure with myself. Mm-hmm. And I love myself internally to be able to stand up for those mm-hmm. things. And like wrapping it all the way back to the beginning, it comes with figuring out my mission, that, yeah. having that clarity on yeah. my vision, um, my purpose, and really having a connected relationship with yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And it starts with that foundation. Like you can't have a relationship with somebody else, feel confident in confronting those things, stop ignoring the red flags and pursue somebody in a faithful way. If you don't have faith within yourself. So good. And so it's, it's that foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And so I finally feel like I've sort of figured out that missing piece Yeah. and I'm still on that journey to growing it. But yeah. And that's powerful, man. And I love the fact that you're not being selfish with it. 
the fact that you are in process, but a big part to what you're doing is you want to reach back and reach to the side and help others who may be struggling or will struggle with kind of the things that you've been able to overcome Mm -hmm. and say that, you know, while I'm going through this journey, I want to share my insights and my experiences and my vulnerability and stuff like that. And that's powerful, man. Thank you. I just hear the girls' voices in my head, like the messages that would come into my inbox is, well, how? Mm. We say, like, be confident in your relationship, mm. confront those red flags, and I hear, well, how? Mm-hmm. How do I become that confident girl? How do I become that free spirit girl? And like I said, I used to be that girl that was insecure, mm. wished I was free spirited, mm. and watch all the girls in college go and do their thing, and mm. I'm like, wow, I will never be that way. Mm. And I hear from me 10 years ago, I hear from that girl 10 years ago on my Instagram all the time, mm-hmm. and I just reiterate the confidence and the security that I have in myself is the work that I've done in myself over the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's a process. You can't wake up one day and be confident. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And, and the last thing to that too, um, Oprah Winfrey said this, and I think it was the most powerful thing ever. She said that sometimes in life, we have to be okay with disappointing people. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? She says, in order to be successful, you have to be brave. And in order to be brave, you have to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can be so loyal to others and loyal to individuals that don't necessarily have our best interests at heart that we continue to settle in a place that we know we shouldn't be in. So the biggest thing to the how and a lot of these conversations that you're having is you have to set the foundation on this is who I am. This is what I want and start in process to developing what you need to develop to become mm-hmm. that. So like your journal and stuff like that, yeah. those are different components of how do I do something every single day from a routine standpoint to start in process to becoming this woman right. that, 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 that's, that's beautiful and fearfully and wonderfully made. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So good. So just to wrap this up, a few questions for you. You talked about your mantras. You have seven of them in the morning. What are a few of your favorites that you tell yourself as affirmations? Awesome. I was created on purpose for a purpose. If, yep. Um, I, I, I repeat my vision statements again for myself, but I said I'm a child of God. Last one that I actually always say is that the absolute worst life to live is a half-lived one. And mm-hmm. so I will make a commitment every single day to always do my best to achieve um, greatness because I'm not a component of settling. I'm, when I go to the doctor and they say, if I'm allergic to medication, I say, no, but I'm allergic to mediocrity. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that we were created in this world to settle. I don't believe that we were created to just meander through life without any intentionality or purpose. I do believe that when my life is done, when I would have kicked the bucket, I would have made an impact in so many people's mm-hmm. lives. And I would have left a legacy for my family and my kids that they could have been proud of. So, so powerful. Yeah. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Man, if I had a superpower, that's a good question. If I had a superpower, it would be to have the ability to be a voice of interception. And what I mean by that is whenever somebody is willing to doubt themselves or have insecurities, you know, those little voices that tell us, these negative things about ourselves, I would have the ability to intercept that thing and truly be able to be the voice of life that says, no, that's a lie. Mm. You are special. You are one of a kind. You Mm. can do this. You are powerful. Um, Because essentially, I'd be able to do my life's purpose and vision, and that's to end suicide. Mm. That would be my superpower. We have a bit of time. so. All good. 
when you say to end suicide, it's not the word that most people would think mm -hmm. of ending suicide. Mm -hmm. You have a unique approach to it. Will you briefly explain that? Sure. Um, it, it came back to the why when I, when I sat down and uncovered this thing of why people take their own lives. And I realized a huge component of it was the fact that they actually performed or an internal suicide happened first before suicide as we know it. So what I mean by that is when we settle in broken relationships, when we continue to allow our insecurities to control our destiny, when we allow our fears to be bigger than our fate, when we are just constantly going through the motions and these cycles and we kill ourselves inwardly and then life hits us with external obstacles mm. because we're not living for something, we don't feel like there's something to live for. Mm. And so my voice of interception, that, that superpower is to be able to be that thing that reverses that internal suicide that we're mm. committing. And that's what happens. You see so many people smiling and everybody looks happy from the outside. Right. And on the inside, they're dead. So if I can be that voice to turn that engine again, to make sure right. that the thing that people see on the external mm -hmm. is a reflection of what's happening on the internal, mm -hmm. we would have ended, made a huge impact in reversing the curse. Right. Wow. So powerful. So I was smiling so big when you said what your superpower was, because I can just tell how in alignment we are with wow. our lives, because I've always said my superpower is to, would be to have the ability to give people the perspective that I have of them. Mm. So I have, you know, a really great girlfriend that I've always, in my eyes, she's the most stunning thing. She's got so, so much confidence. She's just a powerful human being. And what I perceive her as is so much more than she perceives herself so as. Good. And so I just picture myself being able to just like hold her on her palm of her hand yeah. and allow her to like insert my vision into her brain. Yeah. And, what I see her as. Yeah. And so when you say the interception of people's thoughts, that's almost the same thing. 100%. And it, I was literally journaling what my superpower would be this morning. Asked my following on their social media what their superpower would be just to see like what other people would say. Cause a lot of people say like flying yeah. or, you know, surface level things, but to hear you say such a deep rooted wow. superpower that's so aligned with mine, it was just wow. crazy for me to hear. But at the same time, I was realizing when I was asking these questions about superpowers, a lot of us wish these superpowers upon ourselves that we could actually make happen in our reality. Mm. So when my, I want to be able to share with people the perspective that I have of them, but why can't I do that with my gift of words, mm. with my gift of um, writing, mm. my gift of really caring for and loving other people, I can mm. show them the perspective that I have of them, not with some supernatural palm holding, mm -hmm. but with the gifts that I've already been given. That's so good because that is the only true way to make an impact into people that may be broken or have a, like a, a, a lesser perspective of themselves mm -hmm. is that we cannot fix people. It's impossible, but we have a responsibility to love people until they can one day again love themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're doing in your friend's life is that you're loving her. I had a the same conversation two days ago with somebody and they, they, they were saying these words over themselves and I said, I like pop my I tried to like pop my eyes out and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I want to lend you these oh, yeah. because I want you to see how I see you. Right. Yeah. And I want to make sure that when you see that, that is how you start seeing yourself and you remove 
any single person that's in your life that sees you mm. differently yeah. than that. So powerful. So that is right in alignment yeah. with, with, with where we're at because I think we get it. I think we understand how to really reverse the curse. Yeah. And so I'm just blessed to be in an opportunity to even be able to do that, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. That's amazing. So where can people find you? I would say my main platform right now is Instagram. Um, it's JDT Glasgow. That's J as in Juliet, D as in Delta, T as in Tom, and then Glasgow, like Scotland, Glasgow, G-L-A-S-G-O-W. Um, a lot of great things happening. I have an event created on purpose that's going to be May 9th at Poor House here in Tampa. Um, just launched a book, so getting ready to mm. kind of get that book tour rolling. And I am literally starting next week to launch my new coaching program. So wow. I've been working behind the scenes mm. with like hundreds of people and helping them to identify, confront, and conquer obstacles that may be hindering them. And so I'm actually making that available. I'm giving away 50 free coaching sessions 15 minute sessions so i'll make sure to link all of your contact information in the description below and seriously thank you so much i'm so blessed to have met you and it's just been an incredible conversation and i can't wait to see like where this relationship goes in the future because i know there's so much power behind it yeah i'm so excited i'm excited too and um last thing i'm proud of you this is amazing and i know that you are whether you know it or not or whether you can put a, a a pulse on it you are impacting so many more people than you would even ever know. So don't stop. Don't ease up. Go harder. Um, continue to be the light that shines through the darkness. Thank you.